Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Hello and welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is Maureen Spielman and today I am sitting with, I'd say, an old and dear friend, M.L. Walfelt. I'm always honored when someone comes onto the podcast whom I've known for a lot of years. And ML, you and I met, I think probably maybe on a playground somewhere, but I think it really was in Susan Lucci's circles is where we began to know each other. And so Susan was on a former podcast. And I do love this idea of bringing our local voices to the foreground because I think we've got many of them where we live right outside of Chicago. And I'll say too that ML is a certified breath coach. And we're going to talk about how you got started in that. But I love on your website, it's very kind of grounding and humanizing how you've written. I'm a daughter, wife, mother, friend, business owner, joy seeker, and light spreader in no particular order. We know every everything's a spiral, right? Right. <laughs> Nothing's right. linear. So I love that you pointed all those out because I would imagine too that those listening today, those coming to seek your work are many of those things too. And so we see each other almost like first and foremost in that light as women who wear a lot of different roles. So mm-hmm. welcome to Thank the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I've been a fan and supporter and sharer of your podcast for several months now. I love it. I'm I'm in awe of so, so many of the guests you've had on the podcast. And I just think these conversations are so beneficial, whether they reach one person or a hundred or a million. I think the right folks will listen and the right messages will come through when when someone needs to hear them. And we need to hear them multiple ways. So I love this conversation platform too. I think it makes it easier for someone to hear something maybe in a different way than they would have read it in a book, you know, or seen it in a magazine. Yeah, I love that. And I, I've loved the aspect of that the person on the other side with their phone in hand when they go to look up the podcast, they have the choice, right? And yeah. that that if they feel like taking in the information, I mean, that's the same with a book, but there's something that's come to light for me around podcasts, like, wow, that it's, if you do play, press play, it's very intentional. It's, it's, you're making that choice in your life to bring something into your world. And I agree with you. And I think it's a direction this conversation will take today is that many times we call ourselves one thing because, you know, culture and offering our services into the world requires us to have a title, but usually, well, not usually always there's multi-dimensionality to it. And so hopefully we'll get into some of those interesting directions today too. Yes. But you are the owner, founder of Intentional Breath. And I know you offer your services in many different ways. Let's see. I mean, 
I thought starting with maybe even a question around, I think it's always interesting when you look back at your upbringing and how you grew up, are there any ties to the work that you're bringing into the world today? Mm. So many. I allude to it in my bio, but I was, my mother is Sicilian. She was born in Sicily, came to Chicago at age 15 and was always very nervous and she was a fast talker and she was always worried and I'm adopted. So even though I didn't genetically share the same genetics, it affected me a lot. My father was much more calm and soothing. And so I got to see both sides of that. I think when I look back, I'm I'm shocked at 27 years ago, I was up at my folks house where I was raised on a lake and I had been up there water skiing with some friends for the weekend and uh, I was leaving on Sunday and my dad asked me for a glass of water. And that was very unusual because he always wanted to just give me everything or help me out in any way. And when I handed him the glass of water, the glass fell through his hand and his arm fell, his mouth fell, his eye fell. And 27 years ago was well before we knew the signs of a stroke, but somehow intuitively I knew he was having a stroke. Uh, I called the hospital because they lived very far away from a hospital. And I said, I'm bringing my dad and he's having a stroke. And they said, we'll be waiting for you at the emergency room entrance with a stretcher and a tank of oxygen. So that was really an interesting entryway to me starting to go down the path of neuroscience. And he had a left brain hemorrhage. They weren't sure how much of his capacities he would regain So I started reading about the brain and blood in the brain and why is oxygen so important to the brain. And so that really, when I look back, that was just, that brought it all together. And my love for him and wanting to help him and moving me down that path of discovery of oxygen and the brain, really, I just kept going. Even though I was working in a different field, I kept studying the brain. I went down the path of why oxygen is so important for our bodies. He had a heart surgery seven years later, which then led to vascular dementia, the last probably seven years of his life, which again was difficult. He started physically acting out and became an angry person, which he never was. So, so much of that and trying to ease the pain for my parents and be of assistance led me to meditation and breath work and life was getting crazy and busy and his health was getting worse, but I was still working. Mm-hmm. and trying to raise two girls. They were discovering stressful circumstances at school. You know, life, just life, all of us. And I think the pinnacle was, I laid in bed one night about 12 years ago, and I could feel my heart pounding out of my chest while he was traveling for work. And I couldn't stop the voices in my head. Mm-hmm. And I remember opening up my laptop at midnight, searching for something to help calm me, calm my fears, quiet the voices in my head and try and get a good night's sleep. Not surprisingly, that led me to meditation and starting to research meditation, go on retreats, read books, take out CDs. And I found personally for me, breathing meditations were the easiest for me to concentrate on and focus on. So that was kind Mm. of the second point that led me again to breathing, breath work. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You you don't know this. You don't know this when you're going through it. No. you're grasping for uh, yes it's not what we learn when we're younger i always reflect on that so we kind of come into adulthood 
with not a whole heck of a lot of tools, right? Maybe we do have a yoga practice, maybe, but I love when you started looking, you know, 12 years ago, I know the internet's been around for a while, but I mean, there's so much more now. What did you find? And I know you, when you decided to study uh, breathing and the techniques and looking into learning how to go into coaching yourself, you had a teacher in mind whom you had, I think, followed and admired for a while. I did. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Dr. Belisa Vranich in New York City. In 2016, she wrote the book, Breath. And I read her book in a day. And it was the first time somebody really went into the anatomy of the body and made the connection for me on how we're supposed to breathe, why we're supposed to breathe a certain way, and how that will affect our physical systems in our body, as well as our mind and our emotions. And I was thrilled. And I would go to New York two to three times a year for work. And I thought, I've got to get out to her and take a class. And I just kept checking her website. And I saw that she was offering a teacher certification training program Mm -hmm. over the course of a long weekend. And then 150 hour program. And I just, I had to go. Ooh, yeah. So what industry were you working in before you began this work? I was always in a sales capacity. I did a lot of technology sales at the time I was working for a litigation consulting firm, Mm -hmm. but I would always bring whatever I was studying or learning to my colleagues. Yes. Yes. And this was a good one (laughs) between the attorneys and my colleagues And to be honest, my daughters, right? I think the girls were in middle school and Wally, Wally said to me, you don't want to hear it. But when your husband says to you, do you hear the way you're snipping at me and the girls? Mm. I didn't. He stopped me so many times in my tracks and it made me aware. And that's part of all of this, right? Is slowing down enough to be aware Yes. and making the conscious decision. I need to change Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I want to be different for them and for the people around me. Um, And so, yes, it was critical for uh, my work colleagues. We found um, one attorney in particular who had high blood pressure, was able to lower his blood pressure doing some of the breathing. Yeah, that's Um, Anyone who's Mm -hmm. nervous, expert witnesses, right? Mm -hmm. Anyone who's nervous, you can just tap into your breath. And this is what I think is so fascinating. I I was in national sales careers with some big companies my whole life, they would bring folks in to teach you time management skills or new sales skills. If someone would have taught me the Mm -hmm. basics of proper breath work to know that I can control how my body responds to anything at Mm -hmm. any point in time, it's powerful, powerful. It makes Um, me think of too right now in such a beautiful way. And we know this because we're so connected with the internet, but in, in social media, you know, there has been this real growth of coaches, but also the knowledge base that's coming out of around trauma and how to calm your nervous system. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that that's a direct through line, the breath work to helping re- wire. I don't know how you call it with the nervous system. I know we kind of like rewire and lay down new grooves for the brain, but that's the case I'm sure with the nervous system too. Well, yeah. And we, and, and the beauty of this breath work I teach is I want you to know how your body was designed to work. Cause it's mm-hmm. fascinating. Your yeah. breath is part of your autonomic nervous system. And there's two modes, rest and digest and fight or flight. And your vagus nerve 
pays attention to how you're breathing. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn till I trained with Dr. Belisa. I was a breath holder for over 25 Mm -hmm. years in my corporate life, which explains why I would end up at the emergency room once or twice a year. And they would give me muscle relaxers and anti-inflammatories and say, go on your way. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And I said, but why is it happening? Yes. So I love teaching and yes, so you can, you can switch your nervous system mode and go from fight or flight to rest and digest on demand by switching your breath, your diaphragm, which I teach you in a class where it is in your body. We've Mm -hmm. all heard of diaphragmatic breathing, but do you know where it is Mm -hmm. and how to engage it? And that diaphragm muscle was designed to come down and lower three to four inches in your rib cage on every breath and then contract back up. So if you're not using your diaphragm, which I wasn't. And 90% mm. of everyone listening to this mm-hmm. is breathing properly day in and day out. That that diaphragm muscle was designed to come down and massage your organs, especially your digestive organs. Yeah. So if you're never engaging your diaphragm, mm-hmm. your digestive organs aren't getting the natural massage that they were designed to get through your beautiful anatomy. I love that. Yeah. Um, I, I've had a lot of treatment around my lymphatics mm-hmm. and the first step no matter which area you're working on in your body is always doing the belly breathing because that oxygenates the, the vascular and your lymphatic system. It gets it going. And that's, that was always really interesting to me that that's the place they start. Well, and I learned through a dear friend who um, was a lymphatic drainage specialist that the immune system and the lymphatic system work together And there are two ways to keep your lymph clear in your body. One is through moving your body Mm -hmm. and the other is through diaphragmatic breathing. So again, I love for a lot of my corporate clients, I love using the science to say, hey, listen, this is how your body was designed. Mm -hmm. And if you're not breathing this way, you're going to have a whole host of issues. So to get you to do the breathing, two minutes here, three breaths here, five breaths in the car, it's going to help stop the cortisol and the adrenaline and the histamine that's spewing in your body, and it's going to keep you healthier. So if you need to use that little nugget to get you to practice, do it. But trust me, you're going to feel so much better. You're going to sleep better. Your blood pressure is going to go down. You're going to be calmer. The science has shown Mm -hmm. diaphragmatic breathing really reduces the cortisol levels in our bodies. We know cortisol is the number one reason we have such inflammation in our bodies and inflammation is what leads to 90% of the diseases out there, right? Um, So the breathing lowers your cortisol, but in studies, they found it also increases your sustained attention. Mm, That's a good one. Again, for teenagers or parents or my corporate clients, right? You want to be your most focused self when you're working on something do the breathing. I love it. Yeah. And the one, the one I want you to share, I don't know if you still use it when you do workshops, because I've done a couple of your different teachings when you've come to local groups or we've requested you, we can talk about your, like how to request your work at the end. But I always remember you said something about that when we go to school as youngsters, that we, we tend to breathe. I mean, I'm sure it's disrupted if you are in trauma or your different things in your life, but when we go to sit in the classroom, that's that's a critical time for our breathing to change. Yeah. Well, the science has shown that we start to develop dysfunctional breathing patterns after the age of six. Mm. And so the main reason 
is attributed to sitting all day. Our posture, I was the I was the shoulder hunter over my computer. Our posture affects the way we breathe. Mm-hmm. At six, you, you start going on the playground. We talked about the playground, right? Yeah. And maybe the first person bumps you or pokes you or you experience something that's not pleasant mm-hmm. on the playground. And then we start to brace and protect our muscular corset. So it starts early and for a whole host of reasons. Yeah. But... Your body wants nothing more than for you to breathe properly. And we were all born perfect breathers. And so I love to teach the class. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, be kind to yourself. It's going to all work out. You're going to reboot or reset yourself several times during the day. Make it fun. Don't make Mm -hmm. this a chore. I don't need you to do 45 minutes of breathing every day. You can do it in all places throughout your day. And when I work one-on-one with somebody, we talk through their day. When do you start to feel worried or when Mm -hmm. do you start to feel stressed? Mm -hmm. And we really work on fitting in five breaths here, two minutes of breathing here. The cumulative effect at the end of the night when you lay down to go to sleep will have an impact. I love it. Yeah. I know it's reminding me to breathe right here. I was laughing earlier, you know, to myself when you were talking, because when your family calls you out on your stuff. And I would, Sarah, my daughter used to sit next to me. We would be watching a show together and she'd turn her head to me and she's like, mom, you're not breathing. And I, I had no idea. I see it in my partner because that you can, you can just see it when someone's holding everything and almost that shoulder girdle, the upper part of their chest. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is. And I love it. It has changed my life tremendously. You can ask my kids. They said I used to be a road rage driver when they were younger. Mm -hmm. I used to speak a lot more and a lot faster. I'm much more quiet and I take in my surroundings. Mm -hmm. And it just has changed my health for the better. My sleep is improved and I'm just more present. And that kind of brings us full circle back to the meditation that I was trying to learn and study, which is about really just when I go to bed at night, I'm so much more fulfilled because I was just here with you today, or I was just with my daughter for 10 minutes. And I didn't need two hours with her, but those 10 minutes when I was fully mm-hmm. present and engaged were so fulfilling to me and to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, ML, because you know it's said that these processes are free, they're inherent, they're part of us. And no one's trying to, you you don't really monetize. We learn how to do them ourselves, We right? It's not a commercial thing, but it is here for us to learn and use and utilize in order to really connect with ourselves. Yeah. And it really can take us because you're talking about the physiological, like these are real health benefits when yeah. we can tap in, but also the emotional and almost like whatever someone calls it into almost like that. I was going to say spiritual, but like that soul fulfilling column, right? And when we are, our lives can feel a lot juicier. And I always think of that word luscious or, and that's abundance, right? And when we start to build in these seemingly, seemingly when we begin, like, you're kidding me, ML, like this is going to change my life. No, no. And that's just not the truth of it. And I, I love the mystical sisterhood, I always think about it so much as let's learn how to take care of ourselves truly exquisitely. And that is first and foremost, that byproduct for ourselves to 
understand ourselves, to honor ourselves and to elevate the way we treat ourselves. And that's just going to be exponential on the outside. But the feelings we get, the quality of life that comes from that, that you're describing, like when your head hits the pillow, you feel very, it feels to me like very full or satisfied. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I was... I'm sure like I know many of the women in our community, right? I wore that badge of I can do 18 things at once. And that's not the way we're supposed to do it. Yeah. And it comes back to that focus and the attention Mm -hmm. of being here now. And it just has such a powerful impact on I'm a better listener. I think Mm -hmm. I feel like when I'm with them, I am really just with them. And then I can move on to the next task. Um, So it's a gift I gave to myself. And you touched upon that. I, like many of the women in this community that have been on the podcast, we've put ourselves last. And this was my entry point into learning how to take care of myself first and why that was so important. And the time and the choice that you made for yourself, because I remember you telling me shortly after you went to the training in New York City, I think you said that you committed a week and you went. And that's those are not easy things to do when you're raising children. And we have a lot of responsibilities. It's not easy to do. And I know for many, many years, you've been taking care of, you know, aging parents and to give ourselves permission to take up time and space. But we're here to say, if there's something on your mind and you're eyeing that that retreat or that, you know, you have your eye on something to go learn something new for yourself that may or may, that might just be for you. It may be something you're developing. Take the time for yourself. It's so important. And, you know, it's so, that's why like for, for you probably didn't know it, but you were then became a mentor to me. You became someone I'm like, oh, well, if she did it, then I, then maybe I can do it. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's beautiful. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I I would say to people, try different things. When I teach the breath work, I often say it is one small slice of the full pie that is your well-being care of you. You should move your body a little bit each day. You should try to eat healthy. You should try to get a good night's sleep. You certainly should go to therapy or counseling or a doctor or take medications, but but you can always start with the breath as your foundation. You don't need a tool or a device or your best friend. Mm-hmm. You can do it anytime, anywhere and try it and see if it helps. If it can yeah. give you kind of that, that first step toward maybe seeking some other tools mm-hmm. as well. It's Would a- you say like uh, in the format of the podcast today, is there a, a brief or a simple exercise that we can bring the listener through as long as they're not driving? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. So um, I love because this actually ties back to my dad. He had high blood pressure and he did not tell anyone in our family that the doctor said you have high blood pressure. I'm going to give you a month to get things under control. He didn't. And he had a terrible stroke. Um, But when we inhale through our nose, several things happen, right? The hair follicles and the tissue stop a lot of the pollutants and allergens from getting into our bloodstream. Uh, Our nose helps heat or cool the air to be most effective in our bodies. But it's the third point here. When we inhale through our nose, we help create more nitric oxide in our body, which opens up Mm. blood vessels and arteries so that the blood can flow more freely. And it's the blood that carries the oxygen. So we really need those passageways open and flowing. So we can do a really simple 
It's a counting breathing pattern. The Navy SEALs have used it for decades. There's so many beautiful counting breathing patterns. This one is called tactical breath, four, four, six, two. What we will do is inhale gently, very gently through our nose for four. Then I'm going to have you hold your breath for four. A long, slow exhale for six. This is what engages that vagus nerve and puts us in rest and digest. Yeah. And then we'll hold again for two. And let's go ahead and just do two of these. If okay. that works. And I I'll love it. Us, I'll count us through it. So just relax, sit up straight, shoulders back. Try to visibly just release your jaw and your neck and have them relaxed. And here we go. Three, two, one. Inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, hold, two, inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, and hold. I find it interesting the piece you say about the nitric acid because I know oxide. Yeah, because that's one of the byproducts, I think, when people do infrared light therapy. So it's kind of cool that we can kick that in through the the nasal breathing, right? (laughs) Like again. We've and, got the, we've got the equipment. And, and here's the other thing. I, when I do breathing exercises with folks and I recommend 10 minutes a day, I have you exhaling through your mouth just for those 10 minutes of exercises. One minute here, one minute here, because so many of us never clear out the CO2 from our lungs. When was the last time you practiced exhaling? Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks with asthma, exercise induced asthma, COPD, If they never take a full exhale and then they go to take another breath in, they panic and then I can't get the breath in. I can't get the breath in. So Mm -hmm. I love this gentle, delicate balance of a long, slow exhale through your mouth. Yeah. So then you can take an exhale in through your nose. Hopefully during the day, you are just inhaling and exhaling through your nose. Um, I love it. Yeah. So many byproducts. Yeah. Well, one of the questions I thought about and I had shown this one to you, but it's kind of like over here. What do you now, if we talk about trust the universe, because I know that that you're a certified breath coach and breath is sort of like the foundation cornerstone. But I think of you too, as a person who does pull in the tools of spirituality, I'll just call them, or sometimes laws of the universe, but even for your own life, uh, like an application, like what do you what do you know about trusting the universe? Let's say, let's just say like, okay, life is unfolding. trust the universe that you know now that you didn't know like 10 years ago. (laughs) I'm a kind of person who would say I wouldn't change anything, but had I known this stuff a little earlier, things might be a little easier, (laughs) but I do. I, I was raised Catholic. And so there was always a deep faith around me and in my life. And what I have come to believe personally for me is that we are all connected. I actually was rereading some information about the HeartMath Institute. So our heart has electrical pulses, our brain does, but our heart 
electrical pulses are 5,000 times more powerful than our brain, which is why they can now measure at least three feet outside of us, our energy. Mm -hmm. So we are all energy and we all interact with each other's energy. And your breath is your life force or energy. It is very powerful and it can keep you healthier and happier and more connected. But for me, it has given me just a deeper connectivity to all the energy around me, Mm. what I like to call, you can call it whatever you want, the divine God, your higher power source energy. I find it very comforting. And I have really leaned in to trust that. It's not very different than a lot of religions where they put their trust in God or in you know, a different force, but this is the trust in me, in my connection to the divine, to everything else. And so coming from a household where my mother was so worried and stressed all the time and fearful, I've learned to go inward and tap into my breath, to my own energy, mm-hmm. to um, my connection to the universe and relax and trust that what is best for me is going to come to me. Yeah. I also say to my friends or clients or students who want to go there, you're quite capable. If Mm -hmm. and when something goes wrong, you're going to be able to move and help and find the right solution. But sit here and fester in worry and fear is harming us individually. And so Mm -hmm. to be able to have a trust in the universe and in myself that I can keep myself calm Mm -hmm. or joy I seek during my day, the more it explodes around me. And yes, Things are still going to happen and come at me every day, but now I get to thoughtfully respond to yeah. them mm-hmm. with yeah. a power and a comfort and with an ease and a grace that I never had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's making me think about how, how it can be the simplest thing because we are, we we were so conditioned to live life by what people said we should do, our grades, our jobs, all the things. And it, it steered us away from our intuition. So if we think about the breath as sort of that bridge to the intuition to that, that connection, because it said there is nothing, you know, how I learned in coaching, there is nothing to be fixed. There is nothing broken. The wisdom's within you. You've been trained and conditioned and cultured away from it. But what if that, that it was like the most simple question, the breath took you back to everything that you've always known. It's so beautiful. Well, and I have a great example from my dad, who was a tool and die engineer, a mechanical engineer his whole life. Mm -hmm. And he used to tell me when he had a problem on the assembly line and he had to design a part to fix what was going on, he would go in his office, close the blinds, lock the door. And he goes, I would take a 10 minute nap. (laughs) And he goes, every time I woke up, I could picture in my head what I needed to draw and design Mm -hmm. to fix it. Mm -hmm. So he was getting quiet Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. was going within and the answer would appear. Yeah. And so I, I don't need to label this. And for those of you that are curious, I would just say, if you're afraid to get quiet, try it, try Mm -hmm. one minute of breath work, because it's when you can get quiet and go within and let go of how it's anything's supposed to be that the answers will come. So true. And play around with it and have fun with it. It is, it's yeah. pretty magical. Yeah. yeah. And just the one practice I like, and I don't do it every day is just in the mornings 
to light the little votive candles so that light, so I tap into the light. And it is true. Sometimes I'll put a question out there and just have my journal and just free write. And sometimes I'm like, what's happening here? Because a lot comes forward and I'm, it's, it's shocking. So I agree with you. And that idea too, that if we pose a question to the universe, that it might not come in the moment, it might catch you off guard. I was speaking with Valerie Wood the other day, the medium channeler of Archangel Michael, who was on an earlier episode. And she, I love, she made the point, uh, when we ask the question, we're ready to hear the answer. So the question that you pose is going to be one that you're ready to hear, I think. <laughs> but yes. I love I love that because we're not going to hear what we're not ready to hear. But if we start yeah. even with the simplest, I don't know what you use, but like what well, I Well, and I do write. I journal every morning and I pose a question or I set an intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I also pay attention to my dreams. And sometimes I ask for answers to come to me in my dreams. Yeah. And I'll share a really funny one that happened a few months ago. You know, we can get caught up in all of this and read so many books and go take classes and listen, you know, where you got to just practice, just get quiet and practice. And I, I come from, I probably was much more type A and I was a rule follower growing up. And so there's a lot of times with this work that I really want to just, I wish someone could just give me the steps Mm -hmm. and and I'll do them them at 7.30 or 7.15 in the morning. And I had a dream that I was at a a campground. I don't know who I was camping with. It didn't matter. It wasn't about the people, but I was trying to set up a tent and those poles were just not, they were boinging and I couldn't get the tent up. And somebody came over to me and said, you're making this too hard. You're making this way too complicated. It's so easy. And they grabbed the corner of the tent with one hand and they shook it out and the tent was perfectly open and they very gently set it on the ground and they looked at me and they go, it's really easy. You're just making this too hard. Mm -hmm. And in my dream, I knew this was a message for me in my life. And in my dream, I said, when you wake up, you've got to go write that down. That was a great Mm -hmm. dream. That was, Um, I love it. When I, when I get, you know, still driving around or going through my day where I think something's too complicated or I don't know how I'm going to do something. I laugh and I think of my, and I think just there's an easier way. Yeah, definitely. It makes me think when you said how you were, when you were younger as a teen, I, I had a story or an experience, an experience of when I was little, I came from a big family that I was always going to get in trouble. And we got in trouble a fair amount, right? Because we there were six of us and we were, you know, pushing the <laughs> limits and my parents were probably so stressed. So, but the the this feeling of getting in trouble was very ingrained in me. And almost to the point where like, I'm like, even today, it, it doesn't really live as boldly inside of me anymore. But <laughs> even with some of the conversations, you know, around spirituality or what what have you, like, obviously, I've gotten pretty comfortable with them. You know, I can I can say just all these things where I don't think I would have represented everyone who's coming to talk about concepts even five years ago or three years ago. I wouldn't have been ready. But now it's like when we tap into what is our truth mm-hmm. and we um, before when you were talking about awareness and I do think awareness is sort of like can be a longer phase than we realize it's going to be before we get into beginning to practice integrating 
right? I always think of things as awareness, integration, and then embodiment. Yes. And it's true. And and those are not linear and it's not like, but I, I kind of laugh sometimes because I will still, I don't know, sometimes that Maureen, you're going to get in trouble. Like, Ooh, it haunts me a little bit. And so <laughs> I don't know why that comes to mind, but just the, like, you're going to say something or you're going to do something that will get you in trouble, but it's an old little kid thing, but yeah. it shows you that we can get to many decades later. And if we don't work on these things, they still operate way too strongly in us. So my my goal is to like work with these parts of yourself that really, really don't have a place anymore. They were falsely protecting you. They were serving their good, but you just don't need them anymore. Well, and I think that that really ties into my approach to just myself the last few years has been you know, love yourself, mm-hmm. forgive yourself and be kind to yourself. Yeah. And believe yeah. it or not, when you start with you and you're not so hard on yourself, you really love yourself. You forgive yourself for those things. Let them yeah. go. Mm-hmm. It helps you approach everyone else with yeah. kindness and love and forgiveness. And I think that's what, mm-hmm. if we did an unofficial survey, all of us here on earth, we all just want to be loved and accepted. Yeah and connected. Mm -hmm. And so I've really dropped a lot of worry around how I act or how I'm seen or viewed, because if you show up with love and you respond to everyone with Mm -hmm. love and kindness, you will never regret it. Yeah. Thanks for saying that because we all have those places inside of us kind of that we've either worked on reforming, transforming, uh, or they're still operating. And Mm -hmm. that that's that we're all human. We all carry these things. I think that, you know, you had mentioned to me earlier and it was really valuable is, is that kind of role of forgiveness that's, that has become really important to you. But, you know, that when we begin to practice what that looks like, because forgiveness and I feel like resentment sometimes and the things that we feel like we can't, we're justified in, and we can't, we can't let go of them, that there are ways to unravel and loosen and allow those not to have as much of a grip on us. And that's a process. It's a, it's a, it took me years Mm -hmm. to get here. And I think when we can try it and practice it, and it it takes practice, Mm -hmm. um, an author I love, Sarah Landon, always uses this analogy. And I do work with a lot of folks that are sports fanatics and sports fans and athletes themselves. You know, all of this takes practice every day. Yeah, yeah. An athlete wins the gold medal at the Olympics. They don't stop practicing every day, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got to keep practicing. Mm-hmm. And so that's what this life is. Like our life is the journey. It's mm-hmm. not, oh, when I get to this or when I get this designation or when I make this much money. No, life is the journey yeah. and enjoy every minute of it. You're not going to get every minute right, but that's you every minute of every day, every mm-hmm. second you get to begin again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Be- and sometimes we're afraid of what we don't know. And I think of like when it comes to myself, like when I had resentment and what I, what I had to let go of what I was hanging on to, to, to move through that or forgiveness. I think we, we over identify with those things for so long that we think there's no way, but what I found in my own life is when I do the work and I'm, I'm continually doing the work in my personal life is that my heart opens to more love. And it was, it's using those mechanisms 
to shield myself from receiving love and being in that love fully. And again, it's a protective mechanism that that I needed to develop when I was little, but I realized that about myself. And, you know, these are the things we carry as women too, that feel so private and vulnerable, but they're also universal. So that's, you know, part of the reason I think it's important to name them sometimes is because we're not alone in them. Oh yeah. We're not alone. And there's so many ways and tools to help us work through those emotions, resentments, experiences, traumas. Yeah. But, but I just would encourage everyone to keep at it. Yeah, me too. And I think that's the beautiful thing about conversations like these for you, ML, you know, as we wrap up towards the end of the podcast, I'm wondering, you worked in all sorts of settings. Have there been projects that are your favorites or is it really just about the human connection and each one being special? Oh, I love them all. And I can't identify, you know, a particular group that needs this more than anyone else. Some, you know, because I came from the corporate world and I was so stressed, I love going back to the corporate world to to say, Hey, I know you can't just quit your job and go hike the rest of your life. Right. There are tools Mm -hmm. that will really allow you to calm down, take control. I work with cancer patients at Wellness House in Hinsdale, and some of my most fulfilling classes have been around that. And then Mm -hmm. the feedback from those patients who will say, you know, the the breathing allowed them to Mm -hmm. go through, to prepare for surgery and not be as fearful, to be calm for treatments. But there was a, a teenager in particular, and I do work with a lot of teenagers, but there was a teenager um, about a year or so ago who I worked with and, you know, he, I think he, he was stressed in different areas of his life, schoolwork, high achiever, socially, some anxiety. And we worked on different ways he could bring the breathing into his day and set an intention every morning mm-hmm. before he did two minutes of breathing. Like today I want more laughter or joy. You mm-hmm. can ask for anything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I just, I just want today to flow with ease. And I followed up with him as I typically do a few days later and I heard nothing and I thought, okay. And two weeks later, I got a text from him and it was so beautiful, just thanking me for giving him the tools. He had the best day ever (laughs) last Friday and he didn't even want to go to school. He was so stressed. And so he said, he set an intention. He did the breathing and said, guess what? I had the best day of the year. And so I love, I love that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think our teens are hungry for different language, different things that they can, tools that they can use, setting intentions. I've named before on the podcast that with my son, he's a senior and we won't do it every day. I don't remember every day, but setting intentions. How do you want to feel today? What do you, and they just open, they're questions that open teens. I love it. Just all the different facets, the different groups you're touching is beautiful. You know, based on this energy, spiritual work, which I don't have to label when I'm working with someone, but when I can combine the the proper anatomical breath work with you feeling your breath in your body, which is your life force and your energy, and um, then we start to visualize what it is you're trying to create in your life Mm -hmm. while we're doing the breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, Ooh, it gets so fun and it's so powerful. And so, yeah, that just lights me up. Oh, it's beautiful. I love it. It's powerful and it's empowering. So ML, if the listener was going to go find you, where should they look? 
Ah, they can go to my <laughs> website, intentionalbreathml.com. And my email address is, it's intentionalbreathml at gmail. Yeah. Or they can just text me. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. You'll put all of the mm. contact information in the show notes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just say, because I had forgotten to touch upon it, just as women, so many of the women listening are at midlife and just the importance of bringing these tools into our lives as we juggle so many things, yeah. maybe, maybe younger children, teens at college, the worries that go with that, taking care of aging parents, that these are real tools just to start to introduce and lean upon. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they will add a level of calm and peace and ease that you, you just didn't know you could find inside you. And so it's worth giving it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned from you today, just following the threads that show up in your life, being very intentional, putting away that fear when you go to try new things and just take time for yourself. Take time for yourself. And then we're blessed, obviously, with this lovely community of friends and colleagues and and other women trying to find our way together. So I would say no matter where you are listening to this, find your people and and support each other and have each other's backs. That's beautiful. Well, thank you, ML, for being here today. And I'll put all the resources in the show notes so people can find you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend if you're called to do so. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit maureenspielman.com or mysticalsisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.